Hello everyone and welcome to the show. You're listening to Football Drama. So hello again, my name is Shadina and you are listening to Football Drama. Today's episode, um, it's going to be a lot, like always, I might get angry here and there, so warning I guess. Um, I'll talk about some transfer news and rumors, some La Liga and MLS, no prem this week, I've had enough with that, some FIFA corruption and women, we're going to talk about women today, just a little bit. I haven't talked about women in a while. So, yeah, uh, let's just get into this because uh, I recorded this yesterday. And while editing, I didn't like it at all. So I'm recording it again. So fingers crossed that it turns out well because if not, I'm going to cry because I'm trying to, you know, publish this tomorrow. But anyways, let's just get on with this thing. First, obviously, let's start off with some footballer appreciation. I honestly didn't know who exactly I wanted to give this to at first, but Sunday, Sunday, two days ago, I saw that this specific player scored two goals over the weekend, and his name is Conrad De La Fuente. He is a 17-year-old. His birthday was just a couple days ago, and he plays for Barcelona's B team. And get this, y'all. He's American. And get some more of this. He's Haitian, too. Isn't that amazing? Okay, when I looked at his Wikipedia and I saw this, I was, like, over the moon. Like, I knew he was American already. Like, I knew that part because I follow um, I follow Barca's La Masia team on Instagram. And, like, he, I would always see him on there. You know, sometimes you just got to click on the picture and see the players and what their names are, what they're looking like, blah, blah, blah. And I saw that he was American. Or, like, I saw a lot of... Um, of some of the U.S. players, like, commenting on her stuff. And I'm like, whoa, okay, he must be American, which he is. But when I saw that, like, he was born to Haitian parents, my my mind literally exploded with confetti. Like, you love to see it. I love to see it. I was very excited to see this, especially as a Haitian-American myself. I was just over the moon, like I said. And so my bias for him starts now. Anything bad said about him will go through one ear, not the other. I will not speak one bad word about him. I mean, constructive criticism is key. But still, he just, he's not going to get any heat from me because he deserves everything. Period. So, let's talk a little bit more about him. He's been at Barca since 2018. After being discovered at his older club, Club Football Dam, D-A-M-M, yeah, which is also based in Barcelona. He made his debut on December 1st of that year and scored his first goal this year um, on February 2nd in a 2-1 win. But yes, not yesterday, Sunday, Sunday, the B team played against Valladolid Promesas and beat them 3-2 and Conrad scored two of those goals. So good for him. I wish him the best in his career and that he continues to grow at Barca like literally continues to grow at Barca. I don't I don't want them, you know, doing that whole thing where they loan out their players like it's no I don't need that. Knock on wood. Knock on wood. I want him to actually like stay at Barca and grow. You know, maybe get to the first team one day. He's still very young. He's only seventeen. So he has plenty of time until, you know, he goes into the um first team. So hopefully Barca keeps him there. If not, I will riot. And yeah. I wish him the best in his career again, and I hope he um, also does well for the U.S. He comes through for us because we need it a lot. And yeah, that's that for Footballer Appreciation. Now let's move into some transfer news and rumors. This is mainly going to be some Dortmund. Um, They recently just signed Jude Bellingham. He is the world's most expensive 17-year-old. 25 million euros he is british played at um birmingham birmingham fc and yeah 25 million euros oh to be a male athlete um he signed a five-year deal with the german club and he flew to germany last thursday for a medical and to complete his transfer 
I saw some um, some tweets on him, some of the Dortmund players saying, hey, Jude, um, very badly, very off-key, out of tune, just everything. But hey, it's a thought that counts. And I saw some um, pictures of him and his, um, 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 his family. Very cute, very nice. So hopefully he does well for our club. I wish him the best. And um, Dortmund also got Thomas M., from PSG, Belgian International, and they made Emre Chan's loan permanent. So that's always good to hear. Next, I have Weston McKinney to the Premier League, question mark. Um, there's been a lot of talk about this. I think maybe like two, three weeks ago, I saw just everybody start to talk about this because apparently Weston wants to leave Schalke over the summer. And, um... Other than the PL, though, Hertha Berlin is also in talks. And for some reason, it kind of seems like the one that's going to be official, which I don't think he should go to Hertha Berlin because if there's a rumor that a player wants to leave their club, I'm just going to assume that he wants to leave the league as well. Like, why would he stay? You know, I just like, why would he say he wants to leave Schalke and then just go to a different club in the same league in Bundesliga? I don't know. That just don't make sense to me. Um... So, if he goes to the Prem, sure, that's good for him. I don't really know what team would fit him or what team he would go for. Um, I've seen a lot of people say Liverpool, and I just... Y'all just want him to ride the bench, if that's the case, because he's not going to get any playing time. Um, and with Weston, I think he should start at, like, a lower team not saying he doesn't deserve or he's not good enough to play for like a Chelsea or Liverpool or I was gonna say Arsenal um Manchester City but like if we're being realistic he's not gonna get any playing time and y'all saw how difficult it was for Pulisic to like even get some minutes when he first got to London because he had to prove himself despite being where it's 64 million, 70 million euros, dollars, whatever, he still has to prove himself to his teammates and to the club and to the manager that he's worth, he's worthy of being here. And so I don't know if Weston should go to like a big club yet. So yeah, but wherever he goes, I'll support him, I guess. Um, I really like, Weston's really like a US. I support him with the men's national team because obviously I'm a Dortmund fan. I don't support Schalke. And whatever he team he goes to at um in the Premier League, if he decides to go to the Premier League, actually, I saw today that Schalke is considering making him their captain. Which he's he's kind of young, isn't he? I mean, age is just a number, but I don't know. I feel like there might be other players that could fit that captain role. Maybe they just want him to stay at Schalke. Who knows? But wherever he decides to go, what his decision is good for him i support him i also saw some news well this has been going on for a while kai havertz from Bayer leverkusen question mark um a lot of talk about him going to chelsea joining timo werner if that's how you say his last name um it looks like it's gonna happen I've seen a lot of, you know, edits, you know, the fake edits when people, you know, get too excited and stuff like that. And I I don't know. I've heard a lot of good things about him. I haven't really watched him play. Um, but, I mean, he looks like a good player. So if Chelsea want to sign him, then they should just go on ahead because at this point, what, hold on. What position does he play? K-A-I-H-E-V-V-V-V-V-V-V-V-V-V-V-V-V-V-V-V-V-V-V-V-V-V-V-V-V-V-V-V-V-V-V-V-V-V-V-V-V-V-V-V-V-V-V-V-V-
fourth title and yeah congrats to them that's all i have to say on that um barca played against osasuna which i know this is not their recent game but we'll get there uh they lost two two one to them and you know what wow um mr midget also known as lena messi was furious after this defeat which i mean if I had to carry a team my entire career, I'd be furious too. But anyways, he said, I'm telling you that if we continue in this manner, we will not advance in the Champions League as we weren't good enough to retain the La Liga title. We're going to need to change plenty if we want to deliver. And we also need to take long, huh? Oh, we also need to take a long, hard look at ourselves. We lost the title due to our own shortcomings and not because of what Real Madrid did, as many people are claiming. So, um, I guess he's trying to say that Real Madrid didn't deserve their, the, the title or whatever. Whatever it is, he just needs to focus on himself and he needs to focus on his team. Um, but, you know, he said what he had to say. And it worked in the end because, not yesterday, but Sunday as well, maybe? Barcelona played and they played against Alaves and they put that work in. They won 5-0 against them. The goals were scored by Ansu Fati, Messi, Tuti Suarez, Nelson Semedo, and Messi scored another goal. So yeah, it was nice to see a change in the team. Messi probably beat some sense into them in the locker room after the Osasuna game and before the Alaves game as well. So yeah, but in the end, I just feel like now is the perfect time for Messi to leave Barca. Um, yeah, I really just feel like he should go. And shine at a different league. Barca's put him through enough, especially this season, and he doesn't he doesn't need to deal with any of that. You know, he already has three kids to deal with, all boys, might I add. He already has to carry Argentina's national team on his back. I just know his back hurts. So, Messi, sir, you should just start branching out and start looking for a new place to play and call your home because you've done what you needed to do for Barca, and they're just, yeah, he should just go. So that's really it with um, La Liga. It really is just Barca. Um, should I say some results? No, I'm not going to do that. Let's just move on. Um, MLS now. Obviously, I'll be talking a lot about Atlanta United, but I do want to talk about this thing I saw the other day. Um, three new MLS teams. And... Um, their inaugural seasons are being pushed back because of, you know, the deadly pandemic that we're in right now. So currently the MLS has 26 teams and they will reach 30 with the addition of Austin FC, St. Louis, Sacramento debuting in 2021 and Charlotte in 2022. Um, I don't really understand the need for all of these teams. I feel like the MLS is just wasting money at this point where they could probably just use this money for like better youth teams and youth systems or whatever. I just feel like, I don't know. I just feel like it's going to make things more difficult adding more teams and stuff, but maybe that's just me. I don't really know that much about expansion teams and how that goes. Like it's nice for like certain cities that have their own like teams and stuff, but like what? 26 teams is already enough and we're adding 30 not adding 30 but getting up to 30 i don't know maybe that's not a lot to someone else but to me that seems like a lot like i feel like it'll make the season a lot more longer and just oh oh i don't know but moving on moving on let's talk about um the atlanta united game um i guess i can talk about some results let's see how far back should I go? I'll go back to Sunday. Actually, I'll go back to Saturday. So, Portland Thorns versus Houston Dynamo ended 2 1 to Portland. LAFC versus LA Galaxy ended 6 2. Ooh, 6 2. LAFC won. Um, Sunday, Chicago versus San Jose ended 2 0 to San Jose. Seattle Sounders versus Vancouver ended 3 0 to the Sounders. Yesterday, Inter-Miami and NYCFC uh, faced each other. NYCFC winning by one goal. Philadelphia Union and Orlando City also played. That ended in a draw, 1-1. 
And then today, Toronto FC versus New England ended nil-nil. Uh, and then LME United versus Columbus plays at 7. Montreal Impact and DC United play at 9.30. So, let's talk about Atlanta for a little bit. They played last Thursday, I think. Um, they had a 9 a.m. 9 a.m. game, and for me though, it was 8 a.m. because time difference. Yes. Um, now I see like I completely understand where Josie Altador is coming from because waking up at 7 a.m. just to watch this game was rough. I can't even imagine waking up to play at 9 a.m. and then on top of that, in Florida's heat because it's probably still humid. And, and gross and just ugh. anyways let's get back to the game um <sighs> I'm gonna try to contain myself so I don't get everywhere um first of all I just wanted to say this ref hated us I don't know where his bias for Cincinnati came from maybe he maybe he's from there maybe he um he married summer for there he got some homies over there I don't know but his bias for them was very clear, and it was very there. Um, but, you know, along with that problem, Atlanta just had to not be the best, not be the best, um, and not play their best at all. P.T. Martinez, who is supposed to be Mickey's replacement, he's just not lived up to that for me. Mans was tripping all over the grass on the pitch, and I just... He would get so close to the box to like score but he just it he just never came he never like followed through with it he never came through with it he'd try to do some like tricks and stuff and ended up losing the ball and he just I don't know like I want to like this man I genuinely do I want to see the good in this man and see that he's a great player but he's just not been given anything to me especially these last two games I'm not understanding um like, I don't understand at all. I know it's not his fault. He's not the only one, um, you know, on the field. But still, he he's just not... I don't see him as a Miggy replacement. And I don't know if he was. I'm pretty sure he was supposed to be a replacement for Miggy. And it, he's just not living up to that name. He's not living up to that number 10 at all. And I've had enough, really. I will say, though, his free kick chances are really good. So I'll give him that. He just needs to, like, work on actually you know getting it in the in the net but he can't help it if the the bar or the you know post you know blocks it but yeah pt martinez i want to like you sir but you just you're not doing it for me at all so does that um jake oops oof jake Mulraney, um new player as well he, Jake Mulraney got booted out of the game around the 26th minute. He got his first yellow card, I want to say maybe 10 minutes in. He was the first to get a yellow card. And then around the 26th minute, he got his second yellow after, I don't know, I think he was like holding on to the other player's t-shirt or something or his jersey and he got booted out. Um, and just towards the end of the first half, I just thought to myself, maybe I should have just stayed asleep, you know? If I had, like, a vision of what this game was going to be, of what this game was going to be like, I would have stayed asleep. I would have been in bed just sleeping peacefully and not have this game ruin my entire day, you know? Um, they were not attacking at all. There would literally only be, like, two players up attacking, but seven Cincinnati players would be right behind them or right next to them. It was just a mess in the first half. But towards the end, though, um, Ezekiel Barco got fouled in the box or near the box, and he um, they gave us penalty. VAR had to look into it, though, and VAR snatched the penalty away from them. And I just thought it was a bad call, not because, you know, I'm an Atlanta fan, but, like, Barco literally had studs connected to his skin one and the reason why var took away the penalty was because of a like an offside thing like 
I think studs to the skin is more important than an offside thing. And the fact that the player that fouled Barco didn't even get a yellow card, even though Jake Mulraney did whatever he did and got two yellows and kicked out the game, a mess, really just a mess. And it just sucked because that could have been Atlanta's only chance at scoring a goal, like really. And it was just so annoying to see because Atlanta, to me, they're known for being aggressive on the attack and stuff like that like when you watch Atlanta when you like think about Atlanta you're gonna think about Joseph Martinez you're gonna think about well I don't even know any of these new players so I can't really compare them but like when we had you know our OG team we people will talk about Joseph Martinez Miggy um Gressel you know like they'll talk about those three and like how they would attack and not be afraid to just push through and go for like I'm not saying that at all with any of these players they I feel like they're just afraid to go up they're afraid to attack and they're just scared like why do you have to be scared of just push through or like make a pass or something like they still they're still missing that connection um they're still missing that connection to me like they were they did a lot better um, compared to the game against the Red Bulls, I'll give them that. But, like, they just, they're just not, they're not doing anything at all. And the second half wasn't any better. Um, the ref, still trash. Linemen, linesmen were still trash. Um, Frankie Amaya of Cincinnati scored in the 76 minutes. And it just continued to go downhill from there. Um, another Atlanta player was slapped with a red card. JJ Williams he was given an extra time after apparently kicking or whatever he did a Cincinnati player VAR had to come in for that um and yeah just overall the game was trash and it brought me great 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 pain it ruined my day and I never want to experience that again and they play at seven I hate to say it, but I don't know what to expect. I'm not expecting anything out of this game. I would really love for them to score. I mean, they have to give us at least one goal. Like, they have not scored any goals at all in this little cup or whatever MLS is doing. They have not given us any goals. They're literally at, like, the bottom of the table. And they it's just embarrassing. It's really embarrassing. You know what? Maybe... Maybe this is what they get. Maybe this is what Atlanta gets. I hope that this last game was a wake-up call for them. I hope they had a come-to-Jesus meet and just got into their gelled hair, minus Guzan, that they need to do better. They genuinely need to do better. And it sucks even more whenever you have a referee that clearly is biased towards one team. But like, still, like you have to like overcome that. That sounds cheesy. But really, you have to overcome that. You have to be greater than that. Like, you, I want Atlanta to understand that everyone and their mother, literally everyone and their mother hates them, except for their fans. And just, they want them to suffer. And that's what's been happening. They're literally suffering, and it sucks. It sucks a lot. And you know what? Maybe this is what they get for letting Emil, Mickey, Nagby, Gressel, Tito, Gonzalez, Perez, Tata. Like, maybe this is what they get for letting all of them go. But Miggy, he seems to be doing well at Newcastle, so I can't be upset at that. I want him to succeed and shine. But God, we're going through it. We're really going through it. And like a majority of these signings, they've just been so sleep. They're giving me very much sleeping beauty. And it's just a big, big mess. And it's really embarrassing because we've kind of had this, what's the word? We've kind of had this, not stereotype, what's that, what's that title status? We've kind of had this status of like, you know, being great, just being successful. But ever since we got this new manager, Mr. Frank, we have not been living up to that. I don't, I couldn't even, I feel like I can count on both of my hands the amount of games we've won with this man maybe I'm exaggerating but I just don't like him as a manager he's just not maybe he doesn't fit Atlanta or something but he has not been doing a good job and I'm surprised he hasn't been sacked yet because 
Um, if he was a manager in the Premier League or La Liga, they would have been sacked him long time ago. So I don't know what Atlanta is doing. They just need to let him go because he's not doing a good job at all. He's making us look like fools. Really, like, we look like fools right now. The players and the fans, we all look like clowns. And it's embarrassing. So they need to get it together. And I genuinely really hope that they play a lot better. Like, I need them to at least give me one goal. Just one goal is all I'm asking for. Like, I just need to know that if they go out, they need to at least go out with one goal. Like, they can't go out with scoring nothing. That's just embarrassing and a mess. But anyways, moving on, let's talk about some additions. Um, Some of the additions to the leagues due to COVID-19. So obviously due to this horrific pandemic, uh, football has had to make a lot of changes. On May 8th, IFAB, International Football Association Board, came up with this temporary rule and gave competitions scheduled to be completed in 2020. Um, the option of allowing teams to use up to five subs. So, this was to prevent injuries caused by fatigue and for their safety. But a couple days ago, on the 15th, I believe, IFAB decided to extend that into the next season. So, I like it. It'll definitely be a change, though. Obviously, you know, the teams are starting to get used to this. And I just... I feel like after the 2021 season, IFAB's just going to be like, okay, guys, we're done with that. We can go back to three subs. And a lot of teams are probably not going to like that. They're probably going to be, you know, extremely comfortable with the five subs. And they're probably going to, you know, complain about it and this and that. But, like, I mean, what else can they do? Like, but it makes sense for, um, it makes sense for them to do this because, we're still kind of going through this virus um and we're still going through the pandemic so it would make sense i feel like it kind of makes sense to you know continue thinking about the player safety this way and yeah it'll definitely be a change but what are we gonna do um i've seen a lot of people say that um this rule would benefit the larger clubs and that they'll be using this a lot, which I can absolutely see. Like, let's say, let's say Chelsea. I always talk about them. But let's say they are up 3-0 against Everton. And in the second half, they sub on Giroud, Billy Gilmore, Conte, Loftus-Cheek. That's only four. One more. Um... Georgina, like they they like those are super subs those are literally super subs so some teams some clubs do have that advantage where you know they wouldn't they don't really have to worry about some some clubs have that advantage just period they have that advantage and it's unfortunate um especially for the other team but I mean, it is what it is. Um, I saw an article on Forbes which basically stated that smaller teams were the ones that used this rule more to their advantage. Um, the top three teams, which is Liverpool, Manchester City, and Chelsea, used a total of 56 subs since the restart, while the bottom three, Aston Villa, Bournemouth, and Norwich City, have used 61 subs total. So... Good for them. I don't really have a problem with this if it goes on for just one more season. Um, but I just don't want certain teams to get upset if it does go back to three subs because, you know, they were spoiled with the five. So that's that Um, with the substitutes. Next, let's talk about some fake crowd noise. I personally hate it low-key. Um, the Bundesliga came back first. And when it did, I I was watching Dortmund versus Schalke. The silence was weird, but I kind of liked it. Because, like, you get to really hear everything. Like, the players kicking the ball. The goalkeepers screaming at their players before a free kick. The players talking to each other and yelling at each other, you know, during the game. Um, The managers on the sidelines yelling out to their players. I mean, even when a player gets hit in the face with the ball, like, it's kind of like ASMR in a way. 
So when the next couple of games happened and I started to hear crowd noises, but like saw an empty crowd, I was mad confused and kind of annoyed. Like, I don't really see the point. Like, I get that it's weird for the players to sit in silence. Or not sit in silence, to play in silence and stuff like that. But like, I mean, they still, they still got each other. It's just like, I don't know, it's just kind of different it's very different to like actually be able to hear what's going on without all the fans chanting and stuff like that like you actually get to hear the players speaking even though like you can't really understand exactly what they're saying but like you get to like experience that kind of um so I'm kind of getting used to the fake noise do I still like it absolutely not but I'll just get over it so moving on to some water breaks now um, these were also implemented during this time. I want to say they're about 30 seconds to a minute. And I believe that some leagues are still trying to stick with this um, new rule. Which I honestly, I don't see this as a problem. I think that these water breaks are important because these players are always running. They're running around a lot. And depending on where they're playing, it can be very, very hot. And the players really like, they really only drink during the game when like a player gets injured and the physio brings like the case of water or when a player goes to the sideline to get some tactics from the manager like and they take a sip or two like that's really it um many people though seem to have a problem with the water breaks um they say it messes up the flow it's a tactical break and it wastes time which sure i get if a team is simply up if a if a team is up by a goal or whatever and they're just in their groove, it can mess up that flow. But then again, they should already have that confidence, you know, but sometimes it's not like that. Um, With a tactical break, managers are bound to speak to their players during this break. Like, you can't... What just happened? You can't just... um, Hold on. Why did my laptop just do that? My laptop does this thing where it just shuts out of all of my tabs. And it's really annoying. And I don't know what to do with it. So I'm just going to suffer. But what was I even talking about? Wow, I'm going to be very upset if I don't remember. Oh, water breaks. Okay. Um, The managers are bound to speak to their players during this break. Like, you can't just expect them to stay silent during it or, like, go to the locker room or something so they don't speak to their players. Like... Break or not, their managers are still going to find a way to speak to their players. Like, they will find a way to speak to them during a game. Like, they'll literally write something down on a piece of paper and hand it to the... Like, they'll find any way to speak to their players. So, I don't really see it as a big deal. Managers are always going to speak to their players any chance that they get. So, you can't really stop them from doing that. Um, With time-wasting... I don't really see it as a big deal. Do you know how many players waste time on the field just in general? Like, a player could get fouled. Let's say Neymar. Neymar gets fouled. He rolls over like 10 times. And then he gets, he doesn't get up yet. He he um, sits up, looks at the referee, and then looks at the player who fouls him. Um, he fixes his, his socks and his shin guards, and then he, he ties his he ties his um his cleat. He ties up his boot. Uh, gets help from either a teammate or the player that fouled him. You know, get the ball and set it down five different positions before you know before the ball is somewhere you know where he can kick it. Well, you know, like players waste time all of the time. So a minute water break is not a waste of time and if it is it's a good waste of time compared to you know what some of these other players are doing already so this um this complaint is whack plus extra time exists sure 10 minute extra time can be a lot especially you know especially if your team is losing or whatever it can be scary but i don't really see this as time wasting like i said it's just a minute and the players literally run back on the field after it so Yeah, it's good for the players, it's good for them to hydrate, and yeah, it's good for them. But the Premier League, though, they're cutting that all the way off. Um, I did see they got some criticism from some news 
thing where um the players weren't social distancing or they were too close to each other during um the water breaks which come on now like the players are not thinking about social distance like i promise you i promise you they're not thinking about social distancing or anything they're just trying to score some goals get the three points and and dip out of there like i don't think the players are really worried about social distancing like that's not the first thing on their mind when they get these water breaks and stuff they're just trying to hydrate um refresh themselves and go back on the pitch so yeah but um according to the athletic water breaks are to be stopped once the 2019 2020 season campaign finishes or i said season whatever and it will not be brought back when the next season starts in September. So, I mean, it's not that hot in the UK anyway. I mean, maybe it does get hot. But compared to, like, Florida, or compared to what we're doing, what the heat we got in America, I don't know. I don't think it's that hot. But who knows? If it is hot, let me know. Okay, so next, let's talk about some World Cup talk a little bit about the 2022 world cup um this whole story i feel like everyone knows about this story but if not i'll try to give some background information so every four years um the world cup happens fifa world cup happens um it's where all of the national teams come together and fight it out to see who is the best that was a bland description but it's basically it like 32 teams um across many different continents across many different countries come to this one country playing like i don't know three four different stadiums um they battle it out Whoever gets to the final and wins it literally are the best country in the world. That's kind of basically it. Um, but if you didn't know, FIFA is literally corruption. Um, this World Cup by itself just feels like corruption because it basically is. Every time I see or think about the 2022 World Cup, I just taste the corruption and I just want to gag. Like FIFA literally only cared about the money, which are we surprised? No. Because... Um, because why would you plan on having a World Cup, the biggest competition in football, with all of these teams and players in Qatar? The heat, that's not that's not Florida heat, baby. That's consistent, like, 100-degree weather. And then on top of that, and then on top of that, they're moving it to the winter. Which completely messes up everything else in football. Like, I don't know, the Champions League. Which I don't understand why UEFA just let them stomp on them like this. They should have been like, you know what? Y'all can just have this somewhere else. Y'all don't have to take up our time for y'all's little World Cup. You know, like, it just makes absolutely no sense at all. Like, and then the stadiums are literally being built by modern day slaves. I wish I was joking like they literally are because they don't have a lot of stadiums over there if I'm not mistaken and it's just this entire world cup is just corrupt and it's gross and it's just like it's literally just oh it's frustrating it's really frustrating to see that FIFA literally like out of all the places in the world they decided to have the World Cup in Cater. Not Cater. <laughs> okay, let me... <laughs> um, I had a teacher in 10th grade. We were learning about Qatar. And she was telling us how it's Cater. It's pronounced Cater. And that's why... <laughs> I don't know. I'm just going to say Qatar. Cater doesn't sound right to me. Okay, but anyways. It's just FIFA is just so corrupt. And this World Cup could have literally been played anywhere else. And it still could have been played May, June, July, or whatever. But no, it has to be played. And now it's going to be played late November. And the the World Cup final is December 18th. 
And then on top of that, the players are most likely not going to have any type of break. They're just going to have to go back to playing with their clubs. Like, do y'all like, like, that just sounds like so many injuries. Just really. And the games are going to be played, I feel like, back to back. Not like one game is played from two to four and then another game is played from four to six. Like, no, I feel like, I genuinely feel like these games will be played, like, in between each other. Like, we can't, like, I love watching, I love watching, um, world cup games like it doesn't matter what the team is what the country is i will watch the game because the world cup can honestly be really messy and really funny so i would like to watch the games but if like you have 32 teams like you're gonna have to like find ways to like make have so many games happen all at once and that's just that's not fun that's no fun at all but you know what guess who's gonna be watching it me so yeah that's that um Next, we're moving on. We're going to talk about women. Um, I haven't talked about the NWSL in a while, so let me do that before I get into anything else. Um, the NWSL Challenge Cup semifinal matchups have been set. Wednesday, July 22nd, which is tomorrow, the Portland Thorns. Oh, Portland. Oh, it's the Portland Timbers. Did I say Portland Thorns previously? I think I said Portland Thorns when I talked about the Portland, when I meant to talk about the Portland Timbers. Ah, okay. But anyways, the Portland Thorns and Houston Dash will face each other at 9.30 in the morning. And then later on will be Sky Blue FC and the Chicago Red Stars at 7 p.m. Both will be played in the Rio Tinto Stadium. And yeah, so Sky Blue faced the Washington Spirits and it ended in a nil-nil draw. Sky Blue won 4-3 on penalty kicks. Chicago faced um, OL Reign, which also ended scoreless. And just like the Sky Blue, they won 4-3 on penalties. So that's really all I have to say on that. Okay, so I wanted to talk about the WNBA a little bit. Mainly on this one story that I saw on Twitter. Like I find everything on twitter but anyways um so elena del donne or don edd she is a forward for the washington mystics and she's also a wnba uh mvp so yes ma'am good for her um she wants to play basketball again because it seems like that wnba is coming back on july 25th which is what friday this friday um but continuing on um she would like to play basketball again but she's concerned about what would happen if she were to get COVID-19 since she has Lyme disease so me being the person I am I looked up exactly what Lyme disease is and it is the most common vector-borne disease in the states it is caused by a bacterium um which I will not try to pronounce and it is transmitted to humans through the bite of infected black-legged ticks symptoms include fever headache fatigue and a skin rash and it can be treatable with some antibiotics okay so moving on now class um miss d's physician told her that she is at high risk for contracting covid19 but her request to not play was denied by the WNBA. like she requested, it was like, hey guys, um, I, I kind of got a little bit of like a, like my immune system is kind of messed up and I already have this problem. So I don't really, I don't really want another problem. So can I just not play? And they literally were like, no ma'am, no ma'am, that's not going to happen. And that, God, that annoys me. Um, she said that when she got the call and you know heard that she was denied she was com- completely shocked and you know as she should be i'm shocked for her like she's literally just trying to stay alive she's trying to be healthy she's concerned for her health unlike other people in this country and then on top of that the wnba asked her to either risk her life or forfeit her paycheck <sighs> She has 
Lyme disease. Her immune system is already weak. She's not trying to catch this virus. Okay, she's just not trying to catch it. She has a professional medical person behind her saying, Hey, baby girl, you're at high risk. It's best you don't go out there shooting hoops, breaking ankles or whatever. Like, this woman is literally trying to look after herself and her life. And they're literally telling her to risk her life over a paycheck. That's probably not even going to be thick compared to what the men make. So, like, what are y'all doing? What are y'all doing? Like, it makes absolutely no sense. And it just disgusts me to see how leagues and just teams, they don't respect their players. They don't respect them at all. Like, you guys literally are paying these people to play. And they're, you know, I don't even know how to put into words. Like, players physical and mental health are far more important than whether they play or not i'm just gonna say like i would much rather a player be real with themselves and be like you know what i'm physically not fit or like i'm mentally not fit to play and if you guys have a problem with it then that's okay like i'm not gonna stress myself out and make myself worth my health worse by playing in this game that most likely I mean sure we can win and we can get all the points and be at the top of the table or whatever but like none of that matters none of that is more important than my health and I just wish that leagues would understand that like your players health mental emotional physical all of that is much more important than you making some money and you and you like winning and this and that like it's just gross to see that not just in the WNBA, but just just all across sports to see that this same stuff could happen. And it's gross. Like, take care of your players. Like, you need, you need to watch out for them as well. And if one of your players who literally says, hey, I have Lyme disease, I'm worried about catching this other virus that's literally killing hundreds of thousands of people in this country... She's telling you she doesn't want to play. She doesn't want to risk her life to play. And y'all are telling her to either risk her life or or for her paycheck or, or forfeit her paycheck. Like, babes, do better. Really, just do better. Miss D, just don't. Don't go out there. Make a GoFundMe, baby, if you need to. We'll support you, you know, if you can't pay your bills for the month or whatever. Because we know, we know y'all don't get paid like these men do. And that's just absolutely ridiculous. The leagues and organizations, they just don't care about their players at all. And, like, money is really all they care about. And it's sickening. Really, it's just cool. It's sickening. But hopefully everything is okay with her. I haven't really read up and updated myself on Miss D. Let me see if I can find something on her. I forgot her name already. I'm just going to do that. And she's she's thirty years old. Six five. Her shoe size is a twelve. Wow. Okay, let's go to news. She said yeah, so she released an open letter for the players tribune that she felt hurt after a panel of physicians denied physicians on top of that. Wow. Denied her request to opt out of the twenty twenty WNBA season for medical reasons. Del Donne suffers from Lyme disease and says she must take 64 64 pills a day wow in order to keep herself healthy that is so messed up that is so messed up and the fact that she got denied this oh y'all disgust me let's move on to the NFL and I really have nothing um to say about the NFL other than the Washington Redskins they've been talked about a lot um recently one of my friends retweeted this story and I wanted to talk to her about it not talk to her about it. I wanted to talk about it on here um no this is not about them renaming their team which they should have done that a long time ago but this will be about the 15 former female employees who came out and spoke about the sexual harassment they faced while working with the Redskins 
So the Washington Post released this article and they listed out a couple of things that the woman had to deal with. It's kind of a lot, so but I'll just list out a, I'll list out some. Um, the team environment tolerated frequent sexual harassment and verbal abuse of female employees. The team didn't have proper structure to handle harassment complaints. Not surprised. Um, Snyder, Dan Snyder, who was the owner of the Redskins, belittled executives, which helped create an uncomfortable workplace for everyone, which not surprised as well. Um, if these other men see that the owner of this team is belittling these women, then they sure as heck will as well. They're like, oh, well, if he can do it, I can do it too. Because, you know, men, um, moving on. There was another article that I wanted to read on the Washington Post, but they told me to pay a dollar and subscribe to it, and I wasn't doing that. So I went to ESPN. Um, among those who were accused are former director of pro personnel Alex Santos, former assistant director of pro personnel Richard Mann II, and radio play-by-play announcer Larry Michael. All three of them left the organization within the past week, which, good. Um, Snyder and Bruce Allen, who was the former general, longtime general for the Redskins, they declined interview requests, which, again, not surprised. Um, I hate whenever something like this comes out and, like, the people who are like the owners and on on like the head of everything whenever they deny like interviews and stuff it kind of just like it doesn't make the organization look any better like it makes them look worse because like these 15 women came out and spoke out about being sexually harassed in this team or in this organization and you guys are just not gonna like talk about it like then what they're saying is true not saying that what they're saying was not true like i believe them a hundred percent but like come on now you have to like you have to talk about this because your reputation and your team is already looking bad and i don't even know if the redskins are even any good so like that doesn't make it any better as well so it just sucks so like it just it just doesn't make sense which like staying silent staying silent is also a pretty big answer like your silence is key in this whole situation so it either means like you really don't know anything about this which i doubt or like you just don't want to speak out about it because you got caught or because you got you know called out and it sucks because these women literally had to come out and relive these horrible you know events just for you to be like well i'm not gonna say anything about it i'm not gonna speak out about it i'm just gonna you know not do that i'm gonna stay quiet like it sucks and one of the women said i'm done with the nfl and then she went on to say that the redskins killed her dream of a career in professional sports and that just that makes me so sad because we need more women in professional sports. It's rare to see women in professional sports because sports in general is just seen as a male thing. You're not surprised to see a male broadcaster or a male physio or, you know, you're just not surprised to see any male, you know, um, being involved with sports. With women, though, like it's just like I don't know it's like all eyes are on them and it's just really annoying because it's so rare to see and I I want to have a career not only in sports but pro sports and while the NFL is the last place I'll be looking at it just sucks that stuff like this happens to women and the fact that as much as someone would like to be a part of sports and it could be their dream job like whatever they want to do whether it's being a physio being a reporter for a team being a manager coaching a team it could be anything a woman can hear about something like this and as much as they really want it they'll probably be like you know what maybe it's not for me you know and that sucks it sucks hard and it is just so common in sports for women to be treated 
badly and with no respect at all. And it's so annoying. Like, it's annoying as hell. And it kind of scares me, to be honest. And it's very discouraging because I want to be a journalist and I want to be a broadcaster for sports. And whatever else I end up wanting to do, um, I just know that there may be a possibility that I might get verbally abused or um, whatever just because of the anatomy of my body and how it's different from a male. And that kind of, that frightens me. It really does. It frightens me. No one, no girl, no woman, no body should have to walk into a career that they're so that they're working so hard for with that mindset and the thing is watch these women who spoke out about this like not not get anything because y'all hate women so much and I pray that that doesn't happen I pray that these women get whatever they ask for you know if they ask for anything um they should get it you know, regardless of what it is, if they want a million dollars, give it to them. If they want a trip to Greece, give it to them. Five designer bags, give it to them. A Bugatti, give it to them. Better yet, some respect. Give it to them. Like, give them some respect. And because they're human beings as well who chose to do this job that they are clearly qualified for. So I don't get what the big deal is. I just feel like, are you like... Are you triggered at the fact that a woman has the audacity to know anything about sports and that she isn't in the kitchen making a sandwich for you? Are you threatened by a woman in sports because she may know just a little bit more than you? Like, really, what is it? And if and if that is the case, good. You can continue to be threatened by it because y'all are sexist pieces of trash. Period. And to make things worse, on Dan Snyder's side... He faces sex trafficking allegations and was apparently a part of Epstein's, Epstein's, whatever his name is, his list. Um, yikes! Exclamation points. He recently came out with a statement, um, or press release, whatever, but it had nothing to do with any of the allegations. So, what was the reason? Literally, what was the reason? I just hope he gets fired, banned, jail, whatever it is. Just do what you got to do. Um, because. We can't keep letting men and, like, big um, organizations get away with stuff like this, you know? We just can't. It's 2020. I feel like I say that in every episode, but it is. It's 2020. We're too far into this lifetime for people to still be sexist, racist, homophobic, transphobic. There's literally anything phobic. We're, we're too far into this lifetime for y'all to be anything phobic. So I just hope something um, good comes out of this for the women who came out about this. And I hope that they're doing well and they're, you know, in therapy or something for this. Um, Because, yeah, it can be, this is something difficult, you know? And, And I want... I want all the girls who want a career in professional sports or just sports in general. I I want you to go for it. Let's do this thing together. We need more women in this occupation and we are going to succeed. We're going to succeed and thrive and be the best at what we do. Okay, girls. So let's do what we need to do. Let's work hard and get to the top. Period. We got this. Oof. Y'all hate women so much, and I'm so sick of it. God. Okay, let's get into this last portion of the show, which is football drama. Um, I honestly didn't have that much to say, or I didn't have anything to say about this as well. Um, nothing juicy really happened lately, at least to me. But yesterday morning, I did see that the Ballon d'Or will not be awarded this year due to uh, the virus because there is a lack of sufficient fair conditions that the pandemic created. And according to BBC Sport, France football said that awarding a prize in a crippled year will not be worthy. I personally don't think it's a good idea. I mean, despite the pandemic, some of the players still really gave it their all and played really well pre- and post-pandemic. 
Um, for example, I hate to say it, but TikTok cringe king Robert Lewandowski, he played extraordinarily well this season. You know, I'm not going to look up his stats or anything, but I just know he scored a lot of goals and was probably the main reason why Byron won the league, you know, after corruption. But anyways, um, if I'm being honest, I don't like the Ballon d'Or ceremony because it's always going to the same person, either Messi or Ronaldo. Um, and I, it just, it's, it's annoying in that way, um, because there are so many other players who could have, like, their best season ever, and it will simply be overlooked because Messi and Ronaldo decided to score 50 goals each this season and they're the top goal scorers in their leagues and this and that like it sucks it really does and this season I guess both Messi and Ronaldo had decent seasons I mean Messi broke a lot of records he like broke Xavi's assist record and I don't know is a part of the Pachichi whatever it is um because, I mean, his team sucks and he has to carry them. Ronaldo, I don't really want to talk about him that much. Um, he just, he scored some goals. I think he scored 30 goals. Um, but just in general, I don't pay attention to either one of them because I have better things to do with my life. So, could really care less about either one of them. So, to me, if Messi and Ronaldo were just out of the picture, I would absolutely love that. Not saying they have to, like, retire or anything, but, like, if France football would just be like, you know what, we've we've given them their awards enough. I think we should just um, ignore them and look at different players because let's give other players who actually deserve it a chance to win and be appreciated for their great season. Because Messi and Ronaldo have literally five, six of them each. Like, they've had enough. We know that they're great players. We know they can score goals. We know that they make defenders and goalkeepers piss their shorts when they're running up. And, like, we, we get it. We get that. Let's give other players a chance, I beg. Like, with them on the short list or whatever, there's literally no point with, like, any other any of the other players, like, giving getting a chance. Like, I know it's rare. Like, last year, Luka Mordrick, he won it. Which, was it last year or was it 2018? Hmm. I don't know, but Luka Mordrick won it one year, and that was, I was, like, really happy for him because it was just someone that was not Messi or Ronaldo because it's it's tiring. It's very boring to know that either Midget or Ronald are going to win it. And, like, the thing is, like I said before, they can both score 50 goals in one season. They can score, like, three games – not three games. They can both score three goals in, like, the same game. And then some football page will have both of them side by side with their respective kits on and say, like, um, who will win the Ballon d'Or? Or, like, yeah, the Ballon d'Or will be in the middle. And it'll be like, who will win it this, this year? And it's just like, they're not the only players that exist. I hope people realize that, like, they're not the only players that exist. If anything, there are other players who deserve it more than them. Not saying that they're not good players. Really, they've done what they needed to do for their clubs and everything, which I respect. You know, they are legends, I guess. But we just need to appreciate other players because they deserve it. It sucks to see that other people can have, they can just have such a great season and just get overlooked. Like, obviously, their leagues, um, people who, you know, aren't blinded by the whole mess you were on the thing, obviously, like, they'll get their appreciation from them. But it just sucks that it's just they won't get appreciated on, like, a global scale like they should. And, like, I just don't see why they shouldn't do it. Um, I mean, I feel like that's the only reason why people care about the Ballon d'Or is for, like, the men's portion. Like, who's going to win it? Um, Really, the only time the Ballon d'Or is, like interesting is when like they're giving out the award for the women or like they announced the best 11 or something like that's really it because other than that we kind of already know who's going to win it um 
if it's like for the men's the men's award but yeah france football i don't see why you don't want to do this i don't see the reason like i do in a way like yes um the season had to go like on get on pause for a little bit because you know we're in the middle of a deadly pandemic but i mean it's back up and running um it's still very entertaining i mean the games have not been boring at all i don't really feel like it's been crippled or anything i mean the players were still training and working hard or whatever to get back and i just i don't see the reason why they shouldn't be awarded so we'll see next year how they'll do it but i just feel like a lot of players could have gotten it like Lewandowski. a lot of people were talking about kevin de bruyne I saw some people saying Jaden Sancho, which I feel like he's too young. Um, I mean, age is just a number, but there are other players who deserve it. Fernando Torres. He should have gotten his Ballon d'Or, but he retired. I cannot believe they did not give that man a Ballon d'Or before he retired. Like, that's just so disrespectful. And, like, Iniesta, where's his Ballon d'Or? Did he get one? I don't think he got one. Hold on. Let me look it up before I get upset. Iniesta. I don't think Iniesta won the Ballon d'Or. He was named in the all-time UEFA Year 11. He won the UEFA Best Player in Europe Award in 2012 and was named the IFFHS World's Best Football. And yes, it was runner-up to Lionel Messi for the 2010 FIFA Book. That's messed up. That's very messed up. So, yeah, I think France football needs to put a halt on giving Ballon d'Ors to Messi and Ronaldo. They need to just drop it and let them, you know, stay with their five five six awards because it's really annoying at this point they don't need it anymore that's just me though if you have um if you think otherwise then that's your opinion but to me we can stop giving it to them we can literally just stop giving it to them and start appreciating other players that actually deserve it and they actually work so hard in the season because yeah let's 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 be different for once let's let's not let's not be obvious with who we're gonna give the um this ballon door to okay okay so let's let's yeah that's all for today's episode thank you for listening i hope you enjoyed it um you can follow me on social media at shadina d or shadina dot d all of that will be in the description also subscribe to my youtube channel i don't know when i ever post anything on it but uh yeah um if you have anything specific you would like for me to talk about on the show, you have a footballer you would like to appreciate, there's some drama or mess happening at your club or whatever it is, you can always ask me or DM me on socials and whatnot, and I'll try my best to talk about it. But yeah, that's all for today. Thank you for listening. Wear a mask, social distance, and please respect women. I'll see you next week.